Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own local program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Belmont Light, our locally municipally owned electric utility, continues to win awards. For the third time in four years, Belmont Light has won the Certificate for Excellence in Reliability. According to the American Public Power Association, in 2018, when there was an outage for Belmont Light, the duration of the outage was less than one hour compared to three hours in average for New England in general. Congratulations to our local utility. Belmont's municipal elections are right around the corner on April 2nd. The Belmont Media Center has worked hard to give town residents information on the various candidates. In partnership with the Belmont Citizen Herald, BMC held a televised debate with the candidates for the Housing Authority, the School Committee, and the Board of Selectmen. You can also gain insights into the candidates for the Board of Selectmen by watching my Community Conversations podcast. And last but not least, the Belmont Media Center will tape the League of Women Voters Candidates Night. You can watch all of these either on the Belmont Media Center television stations or by streaming it online at belmontmedia.org. The Belmont Public Schools once again find themselves financially challenged as they begin preparation of the budget for the next school year. One reason many people believe is that the state's funding formula, which dictates how many state dollars each school district receives, is slanted against districts such as Belmont. Listen in as we talk with Belmont School Superintendent John Phelan about moves to change that state funding formula to eliminate the inequities to towns such as Belmont. I think that the, the inequities in the current formula statewide between what a Boston or a Brockton receives in state funds uh, versus what a Burlington or another town receives in state funds uh, has a wide uh, range of concerns related to it. Um, there is a uh, Massachusetts Association of School Superintendents video that we published. The, the MASS is working hard to advocate for this new bill uh, at the state level and has produced some uh, great facts for folks to consider when considering a vote for this. And uh, so we support all of the 364 64 communities that we work with to be able to come up with a fair funding formula. What we are doing about it, two years ago when Laurie Slapp was our school committee chair, we signed a resolution to support the, uh, the review um, bill that was uh, done by Senator Chang Diaz of Boston. Uh, so we signed a resolution as a school committee to support it then. Uh, last week at our school committee meeting, we signed a, a, an updated resolution supporting the work of that funding formula. I will be at the state testimonial on uh, State House on Friday to support uh, the a teachers union, the Mass Association of School Superintendents, and the Mass Association of School Committees. We're all going together to support and urge our lawmakers to uh, to consider this work uh, vital to the uh, to the equity and well-being of all students across the, the state. As it relates to Belmont, uh, this could mean an additional three million dollars in funding for Belmont if the formula was done in a way that was modeled in the uh, in the report. I would see that as uh, additional Chapter 74 money that would add to 
the school budget. Uh -huh. Now, the town would decide how they use that revenue and balance it versus what they ask for in tax base. That's always the town's right to do so. Sure. But I, I would hope that that would money would be in addition to uh, for the school department and would help balance out the needs of the other town departments while we look at the town's budgets across schools, fire, police, et cetera. Uh, I will say in the budget presentation that we are doing uh, and is on uh, Belmont Media when you can go back and play some of the tapes, uh, the cost of uh, the, the amount of money per child that Belmont spends uh, is $2,600 per child less than the state average. It's about four to 5,000 less than the districts that we like to compare ourselves to. We have almost 4,800 students. If we just had the same amount per child as the state average, 2,600 times 4,800 comes to almost $9 million. So there are districts out there that are spending a lot more money to educate their children. Uh, we're not asking for $9 million more. Uh, we think the state formula could recognize and help support the needs in our budget at, at about a $3 million mark. But I think it goes to show the level of uh, the great outcomes and opportunities we're able to provide in Belmont uh, come on a very lean budget. Uh, and those are apples to apples data points at the state level that we are spending $2,600 less per child than the average state district. The funding formula review really says that towns are struggling with uh, health insurance costs, OPEB costs, uh, special education costs, and English language learner costs. That, that is, those are the four biggest pressures on the town's budget in Belmont. Yes. Uh, they're probably the four biggest pressures on other towns as well. And that's why I think the state needs to universally step in and equitably distribute funds across the whole state to support local towns that are struggling with providing that kind of funding. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, the editor and publisher of The Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Thanks for stopping uh, over today. Thank you very much. Uh, we have had uh, a couple of decisions in the last week that really will affect the future of Belmont. Uh, and let's start with the incinerator site. Yeah. Well, the incinerator site has been uh, an ongoing concern from the town they, uh, for the, about almost 10 years, I would think. And uh, we finally got a decision on what the uh, uh, post-operative use is going to be. And, and, that, and, and, that, and that is going to be a very exciting uh, thing, and that is going to be a solar farm you know, those big solar arrays, along with, uh, I think, a few or many units of, uh, of battery storage. And that's going to allow Belmont Light, who will be taking over this operation, to basically store um, um, uh, a power when it's cheap, uh, late at night, and then uh, uh, send out the power into the grid uh, when a demand is really needed, let's say the summer in the afternoon. So it's, it's a great little, it's a great use for that site. Now, we started with 17, about, uh, we started with 17 uses and it just became an, uh, we just eliminated everything else <laughs> so when it came down to three, three final uses. So it, it was, um, it was a, it was a no-brainer where they were going to go with that. The, the final decision was really sort of foregone, gone. That's when, right. By the time it was made. That's right. We wanted to make, uh, I think the, I think people see that as as, as helping in many, Belmont in many ways. It, it helps with the um, it helps with many of the uh, environmental um, issues that Belmont wants to fight. Um, it is um, it can be used uh, into the future. It's going to be a passive use. It's not going to be something that's going to require a number of trucks to be coming in. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. 
Okay, let's close the door on that and let's talk about McLean. The decisions that were made 20 years ago, uh, there are some people who want to revisit those and change what happens at McLean. That's right. Uh, and McLean is basically uh, joining up with um, uh, Northland, who developed most of McLean's residential area, uh, for a new uh, residential um, spot. It's the last great big area that can be developed in Belmont. It's going to be, uh, McLean and Northland wanted to build 125 units. So, and surprisingly, I think, the planning board decided that um, they're going to wait. They're going to shelve this, this, uh, this project and really rethink it. They, they, they said for a number of, thing, number of things, they said we, we're listening to the public and there's a large constituency, uh, which we uh, are seeing, uh, for people who want to build more affordable. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean low income. They really want moderate income um, rental housing there. Number one, it would help Belmont uh, achieve a 10% affordable housing, which, would, which allows it, uh, well, that's a state requirement that would allow Belmont to really have free reign over what can be built in Belmont. Um, and it's also just a way of, of helping um, uh, many people who live in Belmont who uh, are are getting on in age and you know want to downsize. It'll give them an option to stay in Belmont rather than leave. So the McLean issue hasn't gone away but it is shelved for the time being and the planning board asked McLean to do a better job of working with the community to meet community needs. That's right. The planning board is going to the uh, Board of Selectmen in April asking for a task force to be made and they believe that um, it'll, it, the uh, project will come before town meeting, not in May, but in maybe in a uh, fall special town meeting. That's great. We've been speaking with Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Even though Belmont is an inner ring suburb to the city of Boston, the town really has a lot of wildlife that can be found in our neighborhoods. For 17 years, John Maguranus has been Belmont's animal control officer. With a well-deserved retirement now in front of him, the Board of Selectmen has honored John. We have John Maguranus in our studios today. Thank you for stopping over, John. Thanks for having me. So, Let's start with, uh, uh, you've retired. What is the legacy that you believe you've left the town of Belmont from 17 years? Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I, I wished it was much longer, but um, I guess, you know, my legacy I, I hope to leave with the citizens is that um, the coexisting with wildlife and animals is workable. It's not a, an awful thing to do. It's easy to do. And, um, and that people will be more empathetic to the, you know, wildlife because they're losing habitat and struggling like most of us. So um, I hope that the next animal control officer will, will follow that um, um, line of work. The and other I legacy I have is the off-leash program that um, the recreation department and myself and um, my boss worked really hard on. And we have worked on this program for 17 years and um, pecking at it and, and improving it and we've got it now where it's a really good um, a program and it's actually um, setting the precedence around the state. I've had a lot of animal control officers say, hey, you know, that's a great program. I think we're going to try to do the same thing. So 
I hope that the program lasts and that the next animal control officer will pick up the reins and, and drive with that as well. And you're going to have some say in who the next animal control officer will be, right? You're part of the process? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have any say. Um, I've been asked to write some questions, uh, which I will, and I believe I'll be sitting on the interviews, but I don't think um, um, I'll be part of deciding, you know, the decision part. I think okay. it's just I'll be a technical advisor, so to speak. And what do you consider important questions to be for candidates for the next animal control officer? <laughs> well, I wish you didn't ask me that because I haven't written them yet, but, and I've been thinking about them. But I think important character traits for, for an animal control officer is compassion. You know, it's, if you're not a compassionate person and, and empathetic to animals and people, then I don't see you doing a very good job. You know, our job as animal control officers, which I hate the title, um, it's more people control than anything, but we work with people about their animals, and then we also deal with wildlife, um, if you so choose, because some, some cities and towns, the ACOs just refer to mass fish and wildlife or environmental police. I chose to tackle all the um, you know, wild, wildlife animal problems myself, so I hope the next ACO will do that as well. And my understanding is that the interaction between wildlife and people in Belmont or elsewhere, it's not going to decrease, it's going to increase in the future years. Absolutely, absolutely. You're spot on correct. And, and the reason for that is? is habitat destruction. So the animals have to be somewhere and they're, right. and they're right. moving where they can. Right, they're not going to just die because you chopped down their tree. They're going to go look for another house. Do you have any goals for, uh, for your retirement um, or any plans? Well, yeah, I do. First of all, I, I want to heal up. I still am not um, healed from my surgery. Um, but once I get on my feet totally um, and financially, I'd like to buy an RV. And I'd like to visit. Uh, my goal is to see every national park in the United States. So I'll probably take three, four months out of the year and go RVing and then come home and I'll, um, I do custom woodworking on the side, so I'll do that and uh, make a little money and do it again. Well, thanks for stopping over. You have served the community of Belmont uh, well. I know that uh, uh, you and I have had uh, uh, doings uh, in the past, but yep. congratulations on your retirement. Thank you so much and, and thank you to the citizens of Belmont for, uh, it's been an honor to serve you. We've been speaking with John Maguranis, the recently retired animal control officer after 17 years of service to the town of Belmont. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald and for Wicked Local Belmont, Belmont's online and print source of local news. Thanks for stopping over. No problem, Roger. We have a story today about actually saving money in town government because of a good yes. bond rating. Right. Belmont has two AAA bond ratings from Standard & Poor's and Moody's, and that actually helped Belmont save money on the borrowing that Town Treasurer Floyd Carmen just did for the high school project, which is about $100 million, and the, the DPW and that's that's the public works and police renovation project, which is $7.4 million. And the water main replacement annual uh, 
Which is an ongoing, ongoing project. thing for 700000 So he had to borrow about $108 million, and there were seven bids from uh, different companies for, for the bonds. And the winning one went to J.P. Morgan with the locked-in rate for 30 years of, what was it, 3.31%, right? But we saved $6 million because of the double AAA rating, which we are one of nine out of 351 communities with that double AAA rating, which Floyd stresses is so important when it comes to, to borrowing and, and this kind of thing. We, we do save money. It actually works out to be about $40 for the property tax payers. A forty dollars savings per year, right, on a property tax bill. Right. So beginning January first, twenty twenty, you'll get your property tax bill, and it will be more. It'll be for the average home in Belmont, which is about one point one million dollars. Your bill will be up about seven hundred sixty dollars with this because of this borrowing. Okay. So just the beginning, though. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about a different aspect of. Uh, finances in the town of Belmont. That, Belmont Savings Bank is changing hands in the next couple of weeks. It, it is very soon, Roger. April 1st is when the sale becomes final. And that's, so you, the signs are going to change the weekend of March 30th and 31st. All Belmont Savings Bank signs will be changed to People's United Bank signs. That will be the initial thing people will notice about the change. They're, they're saying that there's not going to be much other things that people will notice other than maybe more products and better service. Um, the, the front of the house people will be the same in all the branches. And uh, important to a lot of people is that the Belmont Savings Foundation will remain. Right. So it will. It will. Uh, and People's United also has two of their own foundations and said they're going to continue the town day tradition and they will continue to be generous to the community. Okay, very briefly. Tell us about the sure. police chief. Yes, okay. As you may have heard, police chief Richard McLaughlin's retiring the end of this year. So the search is already underway for a new police chief. And they are, um, the selectman is going to appoint a screening committee, nine-member screening committee. They're looking for two citizens to apply to that committee. And they're going to hire an outside consultant. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to look at internal candidates first and then decide if they need to look externally. And they're hoping to have someone in place by, by the end of the year, right around the time that, that it'll be That's his great. last day. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, uh, the multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont. You can read about these stories and more, both in the Citizen Herald and online at uh, Wicked Local Belmont. Hi everyone, this is your community calendar for this week. Before we get into next week's events, we have a special guest with us today. We have John Marshall with us. Thanks for coming in. John is the new assistant town manager. Uh, assistant town administrator. Assistant town yep. administrator. And also, the, one more time. Yep, the executive Remind recreation executive director. Executive recreation director. Yep. So, with the title comes the assumption that the majority of your job is going to be with the Recreation Department. Can you give us a little overview of kind of what your goals are in this position and what you plan to bring to Belmont? Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, the goal is for the majority of my time to be focused on recreation. Mm -hmm. um, I was previously the Recreation Director in the town of Arlington. Oh, okay. So. Uh, right next door. Yeah. Um, I tell people it's the difference between a left or a right off of Route Two instead of a left. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but um, you know, 
one of the things that I'm trying to do right now is learn as much as I can about the community. Mm -hmm. So I've been meeting uh, with different stakeholders, mm -hmm. um, reviewing some of the reports that the uh, Park and Rec Commission and the Rec Department had put together previously. Okay. Uh, they had a very comprehensive strategic report that was completed in 2016, mm -hmm. um, which highlights some of the things that it wants the department to work on. Uh, some of those initiatives the commission and department have been working on and, and made some pretty good success. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think with me coming on board, uh, now it's an opportunity to really drive some of those uh, initiatives forward. You know, a few of the things that the department does uh, well right now, mm -hmm. uh, we have the Underwood Pool mm -hmm. uh, in the summertime, yeah, um, and we have a ton of people that come out and learn how to swim mm -hmm. or um, just are able to recreate and have some fun at the pool. We offer some terrific summer programs. Mm -hmm. um, so we're looking at um, you know, potentially growing some of the programs that we offer. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity being on the show because if anyone's out there watching and has some ideas, we'd love to hear what they are. Perfect. Um, the Rec Commission in town is also a great um, group to reach out to. We have a nine-member uh, commission mm -hmm. um, that people can contact and kind of share input on how they see uh, the Recreation Department doing as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, great. And as most parents, I'm sure, know, summer is coming. Yes. And uh, parents are always looking for camps and things like that that they can put their kids in. So uh, as you mentioned, the rec department has lots of summer programming, and people can find that on the town's website under the yep. rec department. Yeah, so if you go to the um, recreation department on the website, uh, you'll be able to find that information. Uh, we also just released a brochure. Thanks to the schools, we're able to distribute that brochure through the elementary school, so your child may have brought it home. Okay. Um, but that information is available on the website, um, so you can see what we offer. We do offer a number of uh, programs and activities, but you know we're really just looking to provide opportunities for the kids to have fun this summer. Uh, we also have a couple of movie nights that we're doing uh -huh. um, at the Underwood Pool. There's yeah. the upper kind of grass area there with yeah. the playground. Yeah. And we have uh, three movies that we'll be showing this summer. So mm -hmm. if you're interested, uh, check out our website because yeah. then you can find out about the movies and the programs we offer. Great. And I know that BMC is actually supp supplying the big giant blow up screens. So yes. That's, we're really excited to collaborate on that. Yeah. And we do also have a, a summer program with the rec department called Crowdsource Cinema. So people can check yes. that out too, just to plug that in there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, I appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing how the uh, the department kind of evolves and yeah. what kind of new programming comes out of it. Great, yeah, I'd love to come back in, in you know in a few months or a year, Definitely. tell you where we've where we're going. Yeah, so. great, awesome. So make sure you check them out on the town of Belmont's website. Check out some of their upcoming programs, and with that, we will get into next week's events. The U.S. National Toxicology Program has found that cell phone radiation causes cancer and DNA damage. CeCe Doucette has helped introduce legislation to educate and protect the public from these dangers. CeCe will facilitate a Q&A session following a screening of the film Generation Zapped at the library on Tuesday at 6.30. Discover simple steps you can take to use your personal tech more safely and ways to ensure safe tech infrastructure is installed at the municipal level. Climate and biodiversity science need you and your data collection skills. Habitat and conservation organization EarthWise Aware want to teach you how to get involved with participative science, aka citizen science, on Tuesday at 7. Learn why and where it's needed, how you can help participate in scientific research on your own or with local projects like Habitat, and learn about some tools you can use to help.
Photographer Barry Schneer captured the moment rock icon Bruce Springsteen's career turned. Barry will speak at Digital Silver Imaging on Wednesday at 6.30 about his experience as a photographer and music lover in the context of his own career and the musical era. Learn more at digitalsilverimaging.com. Students and families are invited to Chenery's Multicultural Night on Thursday from 5.30 to 8. The event features international tastings from local restaurants, a new identity art exhibit, 15 cultural stories told by Chenery families, and a special live performance by Crocodile River Music. The event is free to the community and everyone is asked to bring a dessert to share. Your front yard is the first room your guests enter. Learn to design the outside of your home in the same way you design the inside in the Belmont Garden Club's second annual Ann Allen Memorial Lecture on the Entry Court Garden on Thursday at 7 with guest speaker Tom Strangfeld. This free lecture will be held at the First Belmont Church. The Belmont High School's UNICEF Club hosts its first annual Family Fun Night in the Chenery Middle School Cafeteria. Raffles, games, and activities for children will all be taking place Friday from 6.30 to 8.30. All proceeds benefit UNICEF. Belmont World Film's 18th Annual International Film Series continues on Monday at 7.30 with The Heiresses, a story of a once wealthy older woman forced to face a new reality when her girlfriend is imprisoned on fraud charges. Driving for the first time in years, she begins to provide taxi service to a group of wealthy elderly women and ends up befriending a much younger, exciting one. And if you have a child aged 6 to 11 who loves swimming, you can register them for Belmont Aquatic Team's Spring Clinic. The BAT's developmental swim program helps young swimmers improve their stroke technique. Register by emailing Lulu and learn more about the program and its requirements at belmontaquatics.org. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will see you again next time.